Moses is kind of, I feel like an icon in, in where having that masculine feminine thing down there, there's something about him that is just, I feel like universally appealing. <laughs> okay, Mace. <laughs> I'm just like every week, like Moses is so hot. everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain, more curious life, currently dedicated to the exploration of Moses Sumney's album, Grey. I, I say it different every time. You do. I'm Scott. And I'm Mace. <laughs> welcome to episode 180? <laughs> I don't know. 170? You clicked on it. You, you know. know what it is. Uh, um, we got to get right into some information tonight. Like we do. Oh my right goodness. Into it. What is the information, Scott? Tell uh, us Moses Summy reposted about our podcast on his Instagram. It's 180. And so I'll just say for us, like everybody knows this is not Woke a job. Woke up this morning. Very excited. We do not get paid for this. Someday, maybe. Someday, um, maybe. We have a Patreon. Support us on Patreon if you like what you hear. Patreon.com slash no small thing. Bam. And I think for us, we always just say, why are we doing this? Well, it's fun. It's a lifestyle. We have a message and a vocation. We're promoting curiosity. Maybe it could be a vocation someday, a real true career, Mm -hmm. but mostly it's just fun. It's a little ritual that we have set up for ourselves for almost going on four years now. Yes. And uh, so we said, okay, why are we doing this? Well, it's a different, it's a different shift. It's a little shift to, to be able to focus on an album. Some oftentimes we do, uh, episodes where we focus on a group mm-hmm. and I think, okay, we just dedicated two hours to talking about beach house. That felt in all ways insufficient. Every like, single time it always feels insufficient. We're like talking about all their albums and all their songs yeah, and all about their Bjork backstory. In one episode, yeah. Impossible. Yeah. impossible. Yeah. I mean the fact that we even did it, I find myself sometimes in the music episodes that we've done getting a little sleepy because I think <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I think I said this about gray. Sometimes I, I, I find myself getting not these days, but in the early days of listening to it, getting a little sleepy because it was so many big concepts and sounds. Your brain was working so hard. Right. And I was like, okay, that was a huge song. And now here comes another huge song. And now I, now I'm so familiar and intimate with the album. I don't feel that way, but like, I think we were thinking someday we're going to take a whole album mm-hmm. and deep dive it. And the time came, I guess. And here we are. And we chose gray and we said, we'll, we'll just have fun doing this. And the, <laughs> this is a big lead up just to say about Moses reposting today. It's like that to me is the furthest reaches of what my imagination would ever allow me to think could happen through this. And we're not even halfway done. I know. I know. So for folks who follow us on Instagram or maybe saw or want to know, Moses reposted yeah. a, a slide of ours and said, go follow no small thing. Like they're doing an incredible job yeah. deep diving gray. And it was like, use the, use the adjective incredible. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, thank you, Moses. He's that incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know what we think of him? No, I instantly in my bed. Cause I was still, still in bed when I got that the text. Uh, text from you. And I was like, let me listen to our last episode for a sec <laughs> just to he- hear it. 
pretend, like try to imagine Moses listening and being like, is this good? Is it incredible? (laughs) (laughs) And I was pretty proud. I mean, there are certain things where we're such an off the cuff on the fly organic conversation podcast that I was sort of like, Oh, it's not super professional sounding like dissect and, and some of these other podcasts out there, but I'm also very proud of that. And I was, I was like, we were sounding and saying some smart things. You know, <laughs> Did Moses think we're smart. Yeah. So maybe Moses is listening to this. And if you are, hello, thank you for being a muse of ours for the past yeah. six weeks to the next probably 12 weeks. Yeah. And, and, and obviously we're going to be fans for life with whatever Moses decides. Whatever Black Alicia proves it. We were, oh we were my goodness. all on oh my board goodness. for Black Alicia. Which do we, have we talked about it? I don't think on so. the podcast. No. Oh my goodness. The okay. last episode, we were just going to watch it after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just this, just in everybody, <laughs> we, it was the holiday season. So we've been off for two weeks, but we're back here. We are, and we're going to get into these songs, but just really quickly, let's just take a moment to talk about black Alicia. Oh, okay. I feel like wow. just, just a brief moment. Okay. What is there to be said? It, it, uh, we, this is ironic because it's, it's what we just said. It's too much. I, I, how, what could be said? I know. I mean, honestly, you probably should do an entire episode. Yeah. On it. I, I mean, that's like a bonus episode or something, but essentially <laughs> what Moses has done has created a, uh, outdoor visual performance. I think it maybe might be considered a movie, a movie. visual, a, a music, Concert. a music movie. <laughs> we don't know what to call it, but it's Moses in the woods. Yeah. In North a Carolina, a concert in the woods. A oh, concert in the woods. Movie. So beautifully filmed. Yeah, the performances are all incredible. Like yeah. absolutely impeccable performances. It is so clear that each artist put so much heart and yeah. care into their individual performance pieces. Moses Sumney's outfits are <laughs> absolutely incredible. It's crazy. It's so beautifully done. YouTube it. I mean, it's it's just beyond words, but we watched it two weeks ago together, and I think we both were just like... I, I'm, jaws to the floor. Jaws to the floor. I'm so happy we're following this artist in this yeah. way. Like, yeah. this has... Is one of the top performances I've ever seen. Yeah, and so Moses is like this weird combination of complete, like rated in the mm-hmm. sense of like high, highly rated, like people that follow Moses and critics and everything love Moses and underrated because still not totally like hasn't taken off yet. I mean, I know I'm like, if you don't know who Moses somebody is, I'm like, get to know Moses. This is, this is, (laughs) this is like the artist. Right. right. In my opinion, this is the artist. I mean, we're doing a whole podcast. Arca is also the artist. Birk is the artist. Arca right now. I cannot believe dropping four albums. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually watching a lot of the end of the year lists too. And I think there was some artists I missed this year. So I was really like bookmarking some other artists that I want to pay attention to. Like, both I listen, I hope nobody judges me okay. for having critics that I listen to. Like I do, I said this on the last episode. I do watch Anthony Fantano's Scott channel. Does. There's another guy like named Sean C, who's a music reviewer online. Both Anthony Fantano and Sean C, which they don't ever hardly ever sync up. They they they're sort of two different genres on most of reviewers. Both said JPEG Mafia's album was like their top album of the year. Oh, I don't know. And he's a rapper that I really like. So it's like, now I got to listen to that. I, yeah, I like gotta. not but really paying attention to JPEG Anthony Mafia. But didn't Anthony put Arca? Arca was number three, I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> Everyone check out and I didn't all know the, the top kick two, albums. So, all the kick yeah, albums. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm okay. like, we should do a whole thing Is that a good that Black Alicia side I detour? think so. I mean, it's super small, but like, go check it out. Like, pause this podcast. Yeah, I guess that's it. worth saying if you're coming to us with some expectations that you're going to get some Moses information and you don't know about Black Alicia. I mean, probably if there's any new people listening and they follow Moses and they just start listening to us, they're like, yeah move on. We know about black Lacia. We, we know how incredible it is and how beautiful Moses looks yeah. the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Just for the sake of time and getting right into it. Let's um, get right on in. We're talking about Gagarin today. I don't know if that's exactly how you say it. You're doing um, a great job. Thank you. And you're going to talk about Jack and Jill. Jill Jack. Jill Jack. And I, I guess we'll say, t- I think this is going to be a shorter episode than normal. So if you're new to the podcast, if you started following us this week and this is the first episode you're listening to, this one's going to be probably a slightly snappier episode than normal. Um, and these aren't the heftiest tracks. I, I mean, that's a weird thing to say because Gagarin could be, it could yeah. be a hefty track, but I'm not, I'm personally not necessarily treating it as a hefty track. Right. I mean, I means. feel like we, we hit your, we already hit your top song. The tracks coming up. Woo! Uh, the next four are like hefty ones. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get into some of my favorite tracks. <laughs> your whole demeanor just changed into like, like a Muppet or something. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, that was just raw, pure excitement. There's no faking there. <laughs> it really is. I'm like very upset because I'm going to not get to do one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. Which because, is what? Polly? Which one? Yeah. Because okay. I'm You have to pick, choose. I have to pick between neither nor and Polly. Oh, right. Which is like. And you really have <gasps> been doing the spoken word tracks. So I know. are you going to choose neither or? Yeah. I'm yeah, going to okay. choose neither nor. So I, I will say, let, let me say something as I was listening back to us to talk about these things is. I hope it doesn't come across that we aren't critical. Like we are loving this album and I, and I don't, I'm not the type of consumer in terms of music as much as I, I do listen to a lot of music that skews very negative. I kind of like something or I don't mm-hmm. like, if I don't like an album, I'm like, oh, I don't really like it. Um, uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, I like most of the album. There's a track or two I don't like, but generally I'm, I'm pretty easy to please. And I think we said this in the first episode that like, I also am here to be challenged by music. So right. if I'm not vibing with something immediately, I'm probably going to try to see the good sides of it. And that's a sort of a segue into Gagarin. Cause I think both of us have said, this isn't a favorite track, right. but although I, I will say I've listened to it so much now that it has definitely grown on me. Right. I think as I'm listening to the album and you just kind of hinted at this, knowing what other songs are coming and knowing what songs came before this. I'm like, okay, here I go. I'm listening to gray and it starts with the spoken word and it gets right into cut me. I'm like, all right, here I am. I'm listening to gray. I'm listening to gray, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the songs. And all of a sudden it gets to gear and I'm like, Ugh, no, it, it definitely like slows you <laughs> down. <laughs> no, there is something. <laughs> you know and I'm like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get something out of it. I, I think it really is. a. It is kind of like a, a sinking in. Yeah. That happens on this song. about bloom in the last, episode you called it like the jazz hour, (laughs) you know, and this still simple, something similar. I think again that you and I aren't necessarily professional musicians. No, I played music in high school growing up and stuff. That's a choir boy. Yeah. And, um, I, I just got a text. I have to check up. That's Ruben. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so, so I don't think you and I have a lot of sophisticated language to use about like the things we're hearing in the instrumentation and stuff. And so, uh, sorry, Moses, if you ever do listen to this. And if you are a music person that's expecting some very, you know, fancy thoughts, highfalutin 
Music language. Thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts from me. I think that there is something maybe nice about us not being music people to be like, hey, you don't have to be someone who knows all the intricacies of music to enjoy it and understand, get deep into totally. it. Totally. You know? Yeah. And Just having said that, I think with a song like this, I imagine musicians really vibing out to what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Like the creators of this song. I'm like, he's obviously doing something very strange with his voice. And there's a real deep intentionality to the mood they're trying to create. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, everybody, Gig Aaron. It comes right after boxes. Yeah. So Moses has said, I will not be defined by boxes. Then yeah. Then we drop into this song. Bam. Mood shift. Mood shift. And also I would say, <laughs> we just, we'll all do our own impersonations. <laughs> uh, I'll just uh, add some effects to these things. <laughs> Uh, we don't even need to listen to clips. So we'll just have Scott <laughs> Mace. <laughs> um, so I would say for us, and I don't even know if this is true, but for us, I feel like Boxes is ends part one of the album. Of part one? It, yeah, like that That seems like a set of songs. And this is now transitioning to something new. Like right, we've turned a corner. Because the album is technically two parts. Right, right, right. But it does feel like, you're right, Boxes kind of ends apart, and then this is another part. But then I do think it ends, again, at Neither Nor. Oh, sure, yeah. I'm just saying it's a mood shift. Yes. And yes. it seems like, it doesn't necessarily seem like a topic shift, but uh, it just it does feel like we've just entered a different dimension yes, <laughs> than yes. what we have been experiencing. So I don't know if it's like ushering us into a new element of this album. I, I think s- someday when we get to the end of this album, I'll have some final thoughts and I, I will be interested to look back at a song like Gagarin and see how did it fit into the overall, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. What happens when this happens? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have answers to that tonight, folks. Yeah. But uh, we, I do have a little clip to show you and I'll put this, the audio from this into Ooh, a little clip. Yeah. I have a few little clips tonight, but um, let's see. So, the mis- the mystery of this name, Gagarin, apparently, which makes total sense. It was an astronaut or a man that was the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin. And so if you want to little, know a little bit about him, there's a YouTube video that I'm going to play here for Mace from the BBC, and it's three minutes long. So it seems like very appropriate to put it into the middle of a podcast. But uh, this song, Gagarin, seems to be Moses, like... I don't know, sort of staring up into space and wanting to lift off and, and, and have something bigger than himself. Which talk about being outside of the boxes, right? The boxes of humanity and these labels are pushed aside. Then you Mm -hmm. look out and it's like, Whoa, the whole expansive universe. Totally, totally. And, um, the box of earth, it feels like such a, like the song feels like a deep, it from your soul prayer mm-hmm, slash mm-hmm. hope aching a lament so wanting uh something bigger than me this song you know? like drops into your belly yeah that's a good way of saying it yeah. wow uh so uh we'll just watch this to get the this is the little appetizer heading into our Perfect. discussion about nice Gagarin. yeah exactly here it comes <laughs> yuri gagarin first man in space 12th of april 1961 Yuri Gagarin was born near Moscow, Russia, on March 9, 1934, and was the son of a carpenter. Yuri joined the Soviet Air Force in 1955, and by 1959, he was training to become a cosmonaut. In 1960, Gagarin was selected along with 19 other candidates for the Vostok 1 program. 
Eventually, the program was narrowed down to two possible candidates. Gagarin and German Titov both had excellent performance in their training and were short enough to fit in the Vostok cockpit. Gagarin was perhaps selected because of his modest background, which suited Soviet Union propaganda, but also because the other candidates voted for him. His excellent memory skills, fast reactions, and mathematical skills. At age 27, on the morning of 12th of April, 1961, cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin was helped into his spacesuit and made his way to the launch pad. He climbed into the Vostok spacecraft, wondering if he would return back to Earth, but was calm. At 9.07 a.m. Moscow time, as the engines rumbled, Gagarin said, let's go. The rockets blasted off into space, and in 10 minutes, the Vostok spacecraft separated from the launch rocket. Gagarin was in space. He crossed the Atlantic Ocean, then the Pacific Ocean, and as his spacecraft passed over Africa, he prepared to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, which would not be easy. He had orbited Earth for 108 minutes during the flight. As he made re-entry, the cables joining the Vostok's descent module to the service module failed to detach properly, almost causing disaster as it violently shook Gagarin, until they eventually pulled apart. As he re-entered Earth's atmosphere, he experienced forces up to eight times the pull of gravity, but remained conscious. Because the Vostok spacecraft had no engines to slow down its re-entry upon landing, Gagarin had to eject out and parachute to Earth. He landed safely near the Volga River. Yuri Gagarin was made a national hero of the Soviet Union and became a global celebrity. He died on March 27, 1968, during an accident in a military training flight. He was just 34 years old. Obviously, it's Gagarin, mm-hmm. right? I've been saying Gagarin. Gagarin. Yuri Gagarin. So, uh, first man in space. And just even the visuals of the statue, mm-hmm. of, like this spaceman, this person that sort of transcended and went up and even kind of came back. And I just think there are so many vibes and parallels to what, you know, Moses is even doing with the album and the way he went and isolated himself. Exactly, and, exactly. Uh, is sort of taking off in his career. And um, yeah, so... If there's a mystery, I, I mean, up until we were researching for this episode, there's no way I stopped and even wondered about what Gagarin was. I was like, it's just, it must be a word I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's a person, it's an person. astronaut. So that's sort of the theme of this. Um, okay, so getting right into the song, I have some lyrics pulled up here. Um, first of all, uh, right off the bat, for me personally, and I just want to point this out, and it's like what anybody hears um heading into this song, I think there's a, I mean, we're not even getting into the lyrics yet, but there's some things that for me, I, that come up for me and I don't know, it's probably not that intentional, but, um, the sounds on here have like some to pimp a butterfly vibes Whoa, and Thundercat worked on this album and to pimp a butterfly. Okay. Yeah. And I also think there like are the some, brass? uh, Thundercat does the bass. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't think he's necessarily in conversation with Kendrick Lamar or something on this, but I, I wonder if there was some inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I also think there was some deep introspection and longing on To Pimp a Butterfly. Obviously, 
to become a, to become a butterfly, to break out of your shell and fly right? and to become who you are. And I think Kendrick was really wrestling with, uh, who he was becoming. And to a certain extent, it's sort of his second big album, which is sort of like gray is right. Um, but, uh, I just thought I'd p- play the beginning. Ooh, I'm curious. A few of these. So, um, this is fun. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> So I'll probably put those little, we'll juxtapose some of the sounds from you. That's, that's from Kendrick Lamar's song called You. Um, and then if you listen to Gagarin, like the opening. That opening all sounds like you vibes to me. There's like talking in the background. There's these. It sounds like he's somewhere. Yeah. Where there is like people in the background. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, again, like I, I have to imagine that he's a fan of Kendrick and I don't think he's copying or anything like that, but there's a similar mood. Yeah. Um, and then this is from the song called mama off to pimp a butterfly. And you'll hear these voices. This does sound like Thundercat influence and, a similar energy of, I don't know if this is truly what's happening, but for Ken, for Kendrick in this song, it's like his ancestors are beckoning him back home and there's this deep like calling out and we'll hear that at the end of uh, Gagarin too. So this is Mama. We've been waiting for you, waiting for you, waiting for you, waiting for you. I know everything. I know everything, know myself, I know morality, spirituality, good and bad health, I know fatality, my aunt you, I know everything, I know confidence. Those are, those are two, like, songs that I feel like are in conversation with what he's doing here. Interesting, I never would have put them together, and I'm, 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 I'm wanting to go there with you. <laughs> you don't have to, it just, the sounds instantly made me think, I just know that, like, yeah. when I heard the sounds on Gagarin, I was like, oh, this oh, just reminds this instantly me instantly of Tepepa Butterfly. Yeah, interesting. Um, which I didn't even make that connection until just now of, of a butterfly and taking off and flying. And, yeah. And like going into mm-hmm, space, becoming who you're meant to become. So I guess let's just go through the lyrics. We won't spend as much time this week on this. Cause I feel like they're slightly even more straightforward than normal. Um, but I, I, I don't have too much, but I feel like there's something about the way they're sung that they're almost hard to understand. So even just saying them out loud is something. To, oh, totally. To think about. Totally. Um, so, Let's just get into it. Um, it starts with my life to something, something bigger than me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He starts with the, um, just the falsetto. And to me, it sounds like very intimate, like we're almost on a walk. And this song is and this longing and this prayer is sort of bubbling up. I feel like we're in a lounge and he's in the corner. Aha, uh-huh, right. OK, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's like he's people in are the talking corner. in the background. People are talking in the background. He's in the corner, kind of like oh, confessing ooh. this big dream of going in this big like huge desire but it's like it's it's also like shrouded in darkness of sorts and he's kind of in the corner with this big aspiration oh i like that like kind of looking at all the people being like yeah. i i I'm, i don't belong here i'm yeah I'm i imagine it's like it's like midnight yeah in a, in a lounge okay you know? <laughs> that's great <laughs> 
And so then, then the big, deep, heavy voice comes in. And I don't know if this is the only time he does this in this album. I think it is. And so I wonder about that. I've been trying to wonder so hard. And obviously, we've already conveyed to you all that there isn't much out there about this stuff, which is one of the reasons we're doing this. And I love when an album like this comes out. I love to hear commentators talk right, about it. Right. And I want somebody to tell me why his voice is deep in this song. Is it just for fun and artistic, interesting sounds or is there something, is he playing a different character? Is there something Mm. deep in your soul? Like why all of a sudden is it this deep voice? Um, so different than the rest of the singing, which is also interesting because we're, he, this comes right after essentially virile, which is like a take on masculinity and then conveyor, which is like, conveyor in boxes which are kind of like a transition around like identity mm-hmm. and then he now is like it's almost like this is who i am and it includes this deep voice yeah yeah and it and it does <sighs> i don't know i don't know honestly I, I i have really i really thought about it and jotted down some notes but nothing feels that profound to me um but here we go i wish i could dedicate my life my life to something bigger something bigger than me so that is, uh, again, like fairly straightforward, but coming on the heels of these other songs, it does seem like a revelation of sorts because it seems, uh, I'll get, I guess, a little bit more transcendent. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his, rev- his revelation at the beginning of Viral, it's like uh, Blue Ridge Mountains. On top of Blue Ridge Mountains, I feel my skin and the earth connect. And you know, cut me is very body and, mm-hmm. and all these, these songs do seem to be very rooted and grounded in some sort of more human experience. I'm just trying to think of all the phrases, masochistic kisses. Um, but even conveyor is very earthy ants and ground and right. like instincts and almost like, uh, inevitability, like there's desire and longing, but also like I don't know the, the way I felt after conveyor. It's like, this is sort of primal inside of me. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I have a drive. It feels very bodily. Yeah. And yeah. this feels very transcendent. Yeah. All of a sudden there's like yeah. a hope and a longing to rise above and transcend and become yeah. something beyond. And, and, and again, like I quoted this fleet Fox's song last time of like, there is something interesting about, you know, becoming unique and, and, and individual and separate and then also disappearing into the, a, a thing that's bigger than yourself. Right, right, right. And and I wonder... Which I think is the grayness here happening. Like this gray emerging of like this wanting to almost like be themselves, mm-hmm. define themselves for themselves, and be beyond themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously no right answer here, but, uh, you know, Yuri Gagarin and and to be this first person into space, is there is there an idea even with this quote that we had with Moses last night about really admiring people that go off on their own and explore and, mm-hmm. and do something completely atta- detached from the culture. Yeah. But what is it? I mean, it's, I've, I've referenced David Lynch several times too. He, he loves the art life quote unquote. And so is, is the rocket ship and the transcendence, the art life, you know, like this focus on becoming this thing. Right. So, um, then here we go. The earth ever spins on its axis. It's spinning in echopraxis. And so I did look up the word echopraxis. 
ecopraxis, and it's the involuntary imitation of movements made by others, sometimes occurring in people with schizophrenia and certain other mental disorders. Hmm. So I'm spinning in the ecopraxis, the involuntary imitation of movements made by others. That's hmm. really interesting, hmm. right? Yeah, that is. That is really interesting. Um, the earth ever spins on its axis. Which feels like continuing, actually, thoughts from conveyor. Mm-hmm. In boxes of like, we're just kind of doing the things. The involuntary imitation of movements, mm-hmm. right? That's kind right. of profound if you think about right. musicians and creativity. And, right. Um, so maybe it feels like we're all sort of um, recreating the same old thing, especially when it comes to like pop music. Yeah. And it's involuntary. It's just sort of this knee jerk. Oh, here comes a pop song, blah, blah, blah. Um, not thinking much about it. Um, so... Then we'll go on. Uh, my life does not belong to me. Yeah, I guess it's nice to maybe hear these read out loud and go, because you really can't hear the lyrics It's hard. Very it's well. hard to understand the lyrics. Yeah. My life does not belong to me. So, I mean, let's just, I'll just read a little bit more. My life does not belong to me. I gave my life to something, something bigger than me. So... It's, I, I guess this is the gray, mm-hmm. which is like the, uh, an understatement. Everything is the gray, right. but this constant juxtaposition of your life is your own. You are right. taking your life in your hands. It is only you. You are the center and also you're disappearing into something bigger mm-hmm. and something mm-hmm. that you are sort of not totally in control of right. Right. and you're giving yourself over to it. I feel like he's just constantly playing with paradoxes. Yeah. Galaxies, a broken mirror. Mm. Slowly, the asteroid gets nearer. Gosh, I feel that the galaxy is a broken mirror. I always feel that way. <laughs> so, uh, genius. This was the only annotation, annotation on genius. Slowly, the asteroid gets nearer. It says this could be a reference to Apophis, an asteroid that NASA believes will come very close to Earth in 2029. In a broader sense, it could also mean that our world will inevitably end someday end. Yeah. because of some outer space phenomenon. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, and then it can have many, many, many more meanings. The asteroid gets nearer. It does seem like something Moses also talks a lot about in his interviews and and stuff is just death, sort Mm -hmm. of an obsession Mm -hmm. with death, thinking about death, uh, taking the sting out of death a little bit, maybe by looking it full in the face. So the galaxy is a broken mirror. Slowly, the asteroid gets nearer. It's like some 
my life is will, will end. Right. Well, know? and even thinking about like looking at the stars of broken mirror, like who we are is defined by how we see ourselves in mirrors. Yeah. Like mirrors are so powerful. And even thinking about this idea of like going back to whatever eco praxis or whatever of like imitating people's movements, but then it being something where people with like disordered, yeah. disordered thinking of like we imitate the galaxy, but it's broken. Ooh, dang. These lines, um, my strife does not belong to me Hmm. for that big blue bold. I'll let it go for the gold medal surrender. Think about bi- that big blue what? Bold. Bold. <laughs> That's really interesting. Thinking about Blue Ridge Mountains and then also thinking back to the Insula video. Yeah. And it being the big blue moon. I want to think about like a big blue globe. What is the... I feel I like I like, can't visualize this music video. I can't either right now. Shoot. What kind of fans we are should, we? We should, we should look <laughs> at it. Should we do it right now really quick? Yeah, real quick. Okay. Okay. We just watched the video, everybody. We just watched it. It's essentially maybe you maybe you go stop this episode it. and go watch the video for Gregarin. Gregarin. <laughs> it's Moses essentially the camera spinning around Moses, or is he spinning? Ooh, the camera well, still? We don't know. We don't know. It's, but his eyes are like glowing in the dark. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, it looks like it looks like he's an animal that's being that got found in the woods with like a camera. You know, I don't know. I mean, that that, that kind of happened oh. in the last video for boxes. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, and, you know, in terms of like these things that we're saying, like juxtapositions, there's this strange juxtaposition of like Moses being like something bigger than me. I give my life. I It's bigger than me. And then also this hyper self-focus. Like, right. well, it's just focused on his face. Right. And it's, he it's loves doing his selfies. He posted his all his selfies. selfies from, I know they were so great. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like he's really that the visual and the lyrics on there really kind of heighten the sense of like, I think conveyor and boxes are really interesting songs actually before this, because it's like this almost critique of being on a conveyor belt. And then him saying, I wish I could dedicate my life to something bigger than me, but it's like a different bigger than me than like (sighs) the conveyor. This feels like beyond like something mystical or transcendent. And yet that feels also parallel to like, what does it mean to be? And that was a tension of conveyor, yeah, you know, yeah. of like be on the conveyor belt doing something for the mass, but also like doing, being, doing something for the masses and losing yourself in that. Yeah. The sounds seem important. The sounds on this one are obviously so much more space like and, yeah. and transcendent and, um, not light that it's heavy, but like, you know, the, the conveyor song felt so hectic. Right. Right. This feels like, you know, floating in a mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I should say this really quick, just to, we're, we're winding down, but this would have been a setup thought, but uh, there's, there is a sample in this, which there aren't very many samples in gray and it's from a band called there's a lot of samples. S- in gray, I feel like, are there, well, there's samples of like vocals and stuff, right, but not right. like taking things from oh, I get music, musicians. And so this, this is taken from a group called Esbjörn Svensson and they were a Swedish jazz who was, is, a Swedish jazz pianist. The, the jazz pianist is Björn Frederick Svensson, and he had a band called S. Björn Svensson. Hmm. And 
Uh, Svensson became one of Europe's most successful jazz musicians at the turn of the 21st century before dying at the age of 44 in a scuba diving accident. Whoa. So that just also feels yeah. similar to this exploration. Right. No, exactly. Diving. It's almost like outer space and deep sea. It's another little strange, yeah. but listen to this. I'll put this little, here's a clip. This is the song that is used for Gagarin and this is the band. And this was a long time ago. I don't know when this was created, but here you'll hear, I won't play the whole thing, but here it is. I do Dang, love that you guys really are sort good. of in the room discovering things with us because this is a really uh, sort of non-totally linear presentation, but we just we just did realize that this song is called From Gagarin's Point of right, View. Right, so it feels like this Didn't is the inspiration for the entire song of yeah. sorts. It's almost like this might have been the inspiration, and then from that, now it's Gagarin. Yeah, and it's so strange that this guy died in a scuba diving Right, accident. it really is, it's it really like, is. All this weird serendipitous stuff. I will just say this. Uh, the, the next part is my life to something, something bigger than me. It obviously um, starts to sound like they're taking off in a spaceship. It starts to sound like really space, totally, spaced totally out, does. big energy, lift off. And then this oh, 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 oh's, the oh, oh, oh's. And that's where I said it kind of reminded me of Mama from Kendrick Lamar because it does sound like, um, I don't know, the way I hear it is like this idea of, a great heavenly host or ancestors or um, like being viewed as like saints cheering you on or people that have gone before you and you're, you're, you're blasting off into space and they're all welcoming mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 that's just one interpretation. Um, well, and in the, in the visual, it goes as that's parts happening. You just see the word gray. Happening. Right, it's right, right. Like blasting into the gray. Gray, 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 gray. <laughs> Yeah. Probably not the the song you're li- listening to to get pumped up like conveyor or viral, no. <laughs> uh, but definitely when you when you when you actually pay attention to the lyrics that are hard to hear in the actual song, something very intentional is being communicated yes. here. Obviously, yes. everything's intentional, but um, the last line of the song is telling me. Hmm. So oh 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 all these O's telling me. Yeah. So don't know. Right, that is an interesting thing of like telling who, but that that almost provides a sense of like, I, 
for lack of a better word, like a God yeah, yeah. telling me something beyond you telling me. Like, I wish I could dedicate myself, myself to something beyond me telling me what to do. So we watched this video and we're winding down. Do you have like 60 seconds of like, how does this song make you feel? What do you feel when you hear this song? I really like this song. I think that this song makes me feel grounded, mm. which is interesting yeah, yeah. because it's about going to space or it's yeah. re- referencing space, but it has a very like down slow feel to it. Yeah. So I think I feel like transition, like when I'm listening, this song comes on and I'm like, okay. And I know I'm getting ready for the next part, which is about to be like my favorite part. <laughs> so it kind of does it. This feels this, even though it's not a technically a transition song, this feels transitionary yeah. of sorts. Um, man, I really like that. It's strange that it would feel grounded, but I totally hear you. And for me, I, I'm just really resonating with this song, feeling like a deep longing, like mm-hmm. whether it's literally wanting to connect to something bigger than yourself. I do just sense that maybe I don't know if everybody relates to this, but I definitely sense a constant nagging, wondering if there's more, Not in terms of like God or a religion or anything like that, although that can be part of it and art can be a religion, but more of like, is there more I should be doing? Is there, could I be more? Is, am I capable of more? And, and there's a longing there sometimes, you know, when Mm -hmm. we do morning pages, sometimes I'm just like, gosh, what else should I be doing? Should I be writing? Should I be creating? Should I be dedicating my life to something a little bit more than. Right. You almost want something big enough to dedicate your entire life to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a real true longing that really connects to something for people me. People get into cults. <laughs> that's that's just like a little of. side comment. Be like, what? About, that's why people get what did into they cults. Say? They want something bigger than themselves <laughs> to dedicate their lives to. Yeah. You also have an obsession with cults. So maybe okay. someday we'll do an episode. Okay. We're going to transition we very quickly to Mace, everybody. Yeah. Um, we'll take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about Jill Jack. Jack Jill. everybody with um, another uh, song on this album. I think I probably will take all of these kinds of songs that (laughs) are the lowercase transition sample songs. So this one is, I think of all of them, one of up until this point, we've done boxes and insula and I think that's it. And those have been included a lot of samples essentially. So with boxes and insula, you kind of had a similar slew. Um, Taya Selassie was in it. Um, lots of different people. And now this one is just has one sample. So we just finished Gagarin and I feel like, like I said, Gagarin ends in this kind of like grounded note. And then this kind of gets me pumped again. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. song kind of, it, it, there's a playfulness to the song that kind of perks Oh, me it up. is a little, that one other one felt so heavy. Right, exactly. And this one's kind of like, it feels lighter playful. and playful. Yeah. Um, so this song is called Jill Jack, which 
obviously is a play on Jack and Jill, Mm -hmm. which is like the classic nursery rhyme. Jack and Jill went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. Jill came down. Wait. Jack fell down and broke his crown. Broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after. So. How do we even know these things? I know. It's (laughs) like an old fashioned nursery rhyme. Man, I did research on it, but I don't have those taps up. I did it last time because we were going to record and then (laughs) life happened. (laughs) But I think that just. I think obviously we think of Jack and Jill and that right there, I think we immediately think girl boy. Yeah, totally. We think young children and I, Jack and Jill is like an old, like Renaissance, like I have pictures of like very stylized young boy, mm. very stylized young girl, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. she's in a little dress. He's in his little, like, I imagine those little like knickers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like these little like short pants. things. Yeah. And there is this sense of like very binary Jack and Jill. Where are you guys going? To fetch a pail of water. <laughs> there's Up like a the hill. There's like a bunch of versions of it too. But I think that for me, I feel like he's just playing with this because the song, first off, he titles it Jill Jack, mm-hmm. which I think is oh. a, a very interesting little spin yep. to have it not be Jack and Jill, but he puts Jill first. And then the song is pretty much mostly sampling from a song by Jill Scott. Yeah. And I thought it was Janet Jackson. Right. You did. <laughs> and this is a song called cross my mind. Hmm. Um, and I will play this okay. here. This album came out in 2004. I'll play this up until we get to the part where it comes in. I was just thinking about you. Wondering if you wear the same cologne. Smell good on you. Had the next boyfriend of mine try that same kind. But it stunk on him though. You know what they say, everything ain't for everybody. But I tried anyway. (laughs) You sure did smell good. So this song continues to go on and just really quickly, thematically, I, I think it's pretty obvious listening to the song. It's essentially a song about a lover mm-hmm. and discussing attraction to this mm-hmm. person and feelings of like going on about how good sex is with this person, how attracted they are to this person. And then the last line is, gosh, it's loading. Here it is, is kind of like a, all these things, but I'm going to take a second and this isn't, this isn't for me. Mm. And the last line is remember all the moments for two, 
how we used to, oh yeah, but the reality, honestly, you were never good for me and I was never good for you. I just remember what we used to do. Hmm. And I find that to be a really interesting last line, knowing that Moses samples this and the song is kind of, seems to be a commentary on the gender binary of the sense of, Remember all the all those moments for two. So now think of this two as oh, like dang. the two genders. Oh, this is so fun. Remember <laughs> all the moments for two, how we used to. Oh, yeah. But the reality, honestly, you were never good for me and I was never good for you. Woo. I just remember what we used to do. Woo! Isn't that an interesting... What, we, what, what I used to do with my gender and the gender binary. And, right. Yeah. And it's like these moments for two, but it's like all of a sudden if you take this and like look at that through that lens it's very much of like we're moving beyond that remember all the moments for two This Moses samples this song essentially four times over, beginning with just originally Jill Scott. So yeah. it begins and it says he had that masculine thing down, shoulders and back straight, never slumping, never, never round, round, straight. Which straight. also I think is really interesting that there's kind of this emphasis on straight here. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but, and we've talked about this in the last episode of like, Moses has never claimed queerness and yet also seems to exist in this queering space of things. Queering things. So then the next line becomes, now Moses starts to make his way into it. Yeah. So it goes again, he had that masculine thing down, shoulders and back straight, never slumping, and then now it goes feminine. Yeah. Never round, feminine. And this is just Moses inserting Mm -hmm. here. So it's with each line, you essentially get Moses becoming more and more a part of the song. Yeah, that's so cool. So <laughs> so he's added this feminine piece. So he had that masculine thing, now never slumping, and now it's feminine. Mm-hmm. Never around, feminine. He had that masculine thing down. Shoulders and back straight. Never slumping, never round. Straight. He had that masculine thing shoulders and back straight. Never slumping, never round. And then the next one is she, she had that masculine thing down, shoulders and back straight. And now it's Moses's voice saying, never slumping, never round. So he's now kind of taking over the the pieces. She had that masculine thing down, shoulders and back straight. Never slumping. Never 
then the last one, she had that masculine thing down. He had that feminine thing down. So good. Shoulders and back straight, never slumping, never round. And that ends with the both of their voices. So that last line, shoulders and back straight, never slumping, never round, is both of their voices. And I just think this is a very, very good way to transition because we're about to get into what I think are, it's, it's very interesting. I think the, the grayness that Moses is working through because we get into the next coming up songs that follow this are color also, also, and, and neither nor and Polly. So we're now in the back half of this part one of the album and we've done a lot of like addressing masculinity Mm -hmm. and then addressing boxes. And now it feels like even this Gagarin song to this, it's like almost like there's a, deconstruction Mm. element Mm. and now there's something that feels constructive oh like a construction building of something different Mm. so it's like we had boxes that was like i will not be defined by these things and then for for some reason this one feels like moses inserting himself in here like adding the word feminine and in the music video it's like it flashes back and forth the words it's like feminine masculine feminine masculine and they're just flashing yeah And that feels like a creation of sorts of him saying, like redefining the boxes. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden he's now the one putting the labels on the boxes. So there feels like there's some creative piece to it. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, going, going from a deconstruction to, uh, well, it's like, okay, well, if not boxes, then what? It's kind of like, then what? Right. And like, well, here, here's what. Here's what, exactly. Or here's and some it, proposals. Here's some proposals. And I think it's very interesting that he takes this very like binary song of sorts where mm-hmm. Jill is like describing this like masculine man that mm-hmm. she's attracted to. Mm-hmm. And then Moses is in many ways is this, has in virile, like I am the masculine piece of meat you want. I've got it down. I've got it down. Yeah. And I've got it down. And now it's almost like by nature of me having it down, I can now manipulate it. Ah, you know, that's I something can now really appealing about that. Yeah. Um, so I just think this is really interesting because we get into from this into a lot more continued gender thoughts because we then go into also, also, and, and, which is about Moses's multiplicity. And then we move into neither nor. So both Jill and Jack have a, like Jill, it's Jill slash Jack. Right. And then neither nor is also neither slash nor. Yes. So that feels like there's this very interesting transition that you get to by the time you get to neither nor it's like, okay, we, it's, it's, it, it, that then feels like even more kind of construction is happening. So it's yeah. like we have this like Jill Jack, okay, we're moving past that and now it's like neither nor. Yeah. Like we were swinging between that pendulum and now it's like gonna, we're entering the third place here. Like this whole thing is always entering essentially the gray space, mm-hmm. the third place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just read a few quick quotes that I found. This is like the least written about song 
Mm, interesting. I, I've, I've had no trouble finding stuff about any other song. This has been the hardest. Wow. Um, so the spoken word pieces, which is one of these pieces, notably the track length speeches, solidify Sumney's thoughts. The album begins with Insula, which immediately grounds the album in the rejection of the binary. It reminds listeners, here we go into the gray. Jill Jack emphasizes that refusal by creating fluidity between masculinity and femininity. Femininity. The repeated phrase, he had that masculine thing down, slowly becomes integrated with she and he together. It ends with, she had that masculine feminine thing down. Um, and I just think, I mean, that just kind of highlights it right there. Like, this is Moses creating the gray. Yeah. It's, it's Moses doing the work of the gray. Um, I think this is so funny to me. Moses mm. has like a full spread in Playboy. I didn't a know that. A full interview and a full spread in Playboy. Huh. Like photos, interview, everything. Interesting. I know. I know. I'm like very fascinating and also like go off Moses. Like he's out here doing it. It's um, interesting. I don't, I've never, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say about Playboy. I've never had a subscription to Playboy. It obviously represents something to our collective consciousness. But I am aware that like Playboy mostly has been in its own way known as for having good articles. Right. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great article. Right? It's a yeah. great article. Um, and so this is just a quote because I think... This, I read it for the articles. This, this gets... <laughs> This gets right at this idea of fluidity, which I think we're now en- we're entering into here. Um, I mean, I guess it gives it even added weight that he, this interview is in Playboy. Right. You know? No, it yeah. does. I mean, it I'm does. It's the obvious, but... Okay, so I think that this just right here shows Moses, and I, I just want to name this because we, we talk about it a little bit, but Moses Sumney expresses this fluidity of having that masculine and feminine thing down in their clothing. Yeah. So yeah, beautiful. Totally. I mean, Moses dresses beautifully. And, and Moses even calls his chest his titties, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Or doesn't he? I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard that reference, yeah. but that would make sense to yeah. me. It was so funny. I was showing Liam, my niece, a, like a video, and she was like, is that a dress? Is he wearing a dress? Yeah. And I was like, look at how beautiful that dress is. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it is. And it's Moses really does have this very ever expansive wardrobe that I feel like as I'm thinking about this attractiveness that he's appealing to in this mm-hmm. song, there is this thing of Moses makes the masculine feminine, like a man in a dress. There's all kinds of tropes around totally. that. And Moses is kind of, I feel like an icon in, in where having that masculine feminine thing down there. There's something about him that is just, I feel like universally appealing. <laughs> okay. Mace. <laughs> I'm just like every week, like Moses is so hot. Um, so, uh, Here's a quote. The concept of fluidity can mean so many things. For me, the idea of fluidity transcends what people typically associate it with, which is sexuality or gender. I actually think adaption is a form of fluidity, and I guess that's something I've always experimented with. Living in 
Georgia and wearing Hot Topic to keep me fluid. Kids were wearing Jordans and Iverson jerseys and I'm wearing goth clothing and they're looking at me like, what the fuck? But pushing those boundaries and setting off those ideas in people's heads of what it means to live in your identity. All those things are important to me in my music and my life. Dang, um, love that. So I think it's just this kind of continued refusal to, to be pinned down. Mm-hmm. Um, this last quote I'll read is, uh, Gray is a sincere and, sin- and serene project, one that questions but doesn't care to answer them. Not because somebody doesn't want to, but because he can't. His music is an invitation to ponder individual individuality alongside him, not a guaranteed guide to rid oneself of loneliness. The world's view of masculinity is antiquated. It worked in the past where any divergence from classic masculinity would, re- would lead to severe punishment, but things are dis- different now. Men don't have to be hyper-masculine to be men. Men can embrace feminine characteristics and still be men. Masculinity is nuanced, and somebody knows this. There's no black and white in this world. He exists somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the gray area. Dang, so good. Um, I think one of the things that like comes up for us as we're talking about this album that is really cool <laughs> is like it. Moses is embodying a lot of the stuff that he's wrestling with in the album. So it's like obviously the way he's dressing, the way he's treating his body, it's not just a theoretical concept, but also it's not something that can be mapped out intellectually with words. It is something that you experience. You experience yourself. You experience your music. Yeah. So I think that this song just, I I feel like this song is, it's one of the simplest and it's like, honestly, just that line repeated. But I think that this starts to, we move more and more into this manipulation of gender that Moses is going to keep doing um, throughout. So um, those are my thoughts. (laughs) Do you have any like, quick wind down thoughts of like your, when you listen to it, what it brings up for you. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts uh, in this uh, entire album about masculinity and my own continued engagement with masculinity. Like it's been fun that there's like an AFAB person and an AMAB person discussing this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way I experience it personally, and I don't know if this was intended, but I, I feel a little bit frustrated and spiteful when it starts. When, when a woman is saying he had that masculine thing down, shoulders and back straight, mm-hmm, never, I'm mm-hmm. like, gosh, it's like, no, I have felt pressured. I'm like, I remember my girlfriend in high school being like, oh, you know, so-and-so lifts weights. Couldn't you just be a little bit stronger? Like that, look at so-and-so. And I'm like, right. I wasn't like scrawny, but I wasn't like, I didn't lift weights. So I, and I, and I just think like, okay, women, you know, people out there who are attracted to men, I guess, like, sorry, my body isn't that perfect thing. And then to me, I almost think, I don't know if this is intended when he says she had that feminine thing down or she had that masculine thing down. It's almost like, okay, well let's reverse it. How Mm -hmm. does it feel? How does it feel to be like, oh yeah, you were the perfect thing. You had it, you had it down and now I'm reversing it. And I don't know if that's necessarily, but I felt it. You feel that. Oh, how's it feel? She had that feminine thing down. You know, we have a model that we're thinking of. Right, right. No, it's, I mean, I think that's this interesting thing of like, both sides have these very mm-hmm. high expectations of what it is to be feminine or masculine. Yeah. yeah. But it's really, I don't know, like nice. It's really nice to have somebody. Pfft, I mean, I'm 42. Moses is 28, but somebody powerful and cool 
stepping into these spaces and challenging it that and it and it works in my opinion obviously it like very Moses, much so works yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's really it's really interesting when you think of somebody in in terms of his lineage what i would perceive to be a lineage coming from like michael jackson and prince like i think you know moses often sounds like prince just in his vocal inflections and stuff like that and i think it's it's really interesting for me personally that um, as a younger person, Michael Jackson and Prince were like too feminine to, mm. to I don't think that, but it, but it seemed like culturally they were too feminine to follow. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not going to dress like Prince, uh, but I don't know quite what I'm saying, but like Moses is masculine enough to successfully play with these gender presentations. Interesting. No, I mean, there does feel like something he's done with his body. Right. Is, is, it feels like some kind of critique of like, oh, now I'm masculine enough, I get to play with them. Yeah, like, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. That's, I that's mean, what's happening. I don't mean what I said. It, uh, like, I don't think it should be that way, but I don't think very many men felt like they want to be like Prince. They can appreciate Prince. Um, who knows? I don't know what I'm talking about. Moses is different than, <laughs> I mean, Moses is doing the thing. Moses has intentionally sculpted his body to look like what this song is conveying in a way, right, you know? Right, right, right. No, exactly. So. A piece, I mean, I think we, I'm reminded again of the imagery of Viral, like yeah. a piece of meat. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's this interesting tension too of like, what do we do with our bodies that are flesh? Yeah. That have these expectations then can be consumed mm -hmm. like meat. Mm -hmm. And then we also get to manipulate them and get to decide and rework the framework. I mean, there's, we, we have to wind down cause we're running out of time. Um, but no, so many thoughts. I mean, I guess if you take other, if, if I go a different route than Michael Jackson or Prince, it's like, take somebody like Usher, another, you know, sort of black R and B artist or even way worse, Chris Brown. And there is like, uh, Usher really works on his body and his abs and he is very much like part of who his routine and his shtick, you know? And, and then also I feel like some sort of both, well, Chris Brown is even worse, but like some toxic masculinity is in there. Mm -hmm. um, and so to be a person who's offering something different. Right. No, I think that Moses is really contributing to right now. What is I think important in, Hey, like feminism and womanism also needs to include ways for men to exist in their masculinity that's healthy and good and good for everyone. Yeah. Like I think that Moses is really playing with that too, that yeah. greatness of what does it look like for me to be masculine, feminine, a man in society Yeah. and it not to be toxic. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's doing a decent job. He, is. he really is. <laughs> Okay, um, well, we did it. Okay, everybody. Do you have a wind down thought? One no, final wind no, down thought? No, no, I don't okay. think so. I think that this this song just feels this song feels very much like a setup for more to me. Okay. Like I, I really do always when I hear this, I'm like, okay, now we're getting into it. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like a short little one minute ditty. It gets me kind of playful and playing around. Yeah, like he's playing around, and then I start to feel playful mm. too. Um, so I think that 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 comes up for me. Um, I find this one to be like a funny song. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a fun, lighthearted element to yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be back next week. If you've just recently found us, because Moses shouted us out, thank you. Um, hopefully this is fun for you all. 
We are excited to be on this journey with you. Yeah, we we have many more songs to cover. Uh, honestly, if you're listening for the first time and you have thoughts about this episode or what you'd want to hear us cover in the weeks ahead, just send us a DM, DM on our Instagram. On no small thing at no small thing. Also, if you're following along to this Moses deep dive and you want to drop in a review, that will be so awesome because we don't have any reviews on right. our podcast about the deep dive. So yeah. if you want to write a review about what this has been like for you, um, that will be super awesome. And that will point people towards us during this deep dive section. So. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. I wish I could